I mean, we're now, what, five weeks away from our primary day in Florida. Of course, we are one of the latest states to go with our primaries in the nation. Maryland is the state that goes today in a race that Democrats expect to flip come November, that being Maryland's uh, gubernatorial election. And uh, Anthony Russo, political analyst, the host of the Truth Will Set You Free podcast, taking a look at this one. Hey, Anthony. Hey, what's going on? How you doing? Yeah, doing well. And so, you know, today, a lot of attention on the Republican primary to replace the uh, incumbent full-term Republican governor in the state. And basically, you have the the governor's pick against the Trump pick. What's going to happen there? Yeah, it's super interesting, too, because Larry Hogan is even talking. He's the, the, the previous uh, governor. He's even talked about making a run for the presidency. I don't think that'll go well for him, whether he goes up against Trump or anybody, just because he is a true rhino he's part of the rhino class uh the establishment class that i think will just get kind of trounced in the in the actual uh general election for president but what you've got in the republican primary is uh two people to watch kelly schultz and daniel cox both leading the uh leading the charge whereas warner and ficker really don't mean much but kelly schultz is the prodigy of Larry Hogan, the, the previous uh, uh, governor, and that Daniel Cox has been really pushed to the forefront by Donald Trump. So it's going to be very interesting to see how much pull the quote-unquote ultra-maga crowd has in a blue state uh, like Maryland, especially in the Republican primary. And the one of the storylines I'm most interested in, we know that mainstream news media types, you know, the media establishment generally, are in an active and aggressive game of attempting to take out both Joe Biden and Donald Trump. That said, they're also attempting to use our governor, Ron DeSantis, to do it. And what I have framed as a MTV-style celebrity death match that they're hoping to get between DeSantis and Trump starting next year. What do you make of the effort right now um, to to get that DeSantis-Trump matchup? And what what do you think the implications are going forward within Republican Party politics? Uh, I think it's I, – I really do think it's actually the leftist media is trying to build that up. Cause, and by the way, I, I live in Pakistan. I call him the Santa Claus because I, I think he does a fantastic job. And I was a Trump voter. But I think that um, I don't think they're hard against each other. It's hard for Trump to to not play the 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 star spangled uh, MTV games just the way that he does. He's loud. He gets into it. But I, I think it's going to be tough for him to trounce DeSantis in terms of verbiage because DeSantis has essentially just furthered a lot of Trump's policies. They're very similar uh, in the way they speak and the way they talk and the way they act. So I, I really think that. We're going to have to let time time tell, uh, but I, I don't think it's going to be as ugly as people think. I really do think they're going to go on the offensive against everybody else uh, as long as you know they both decide to actually run. What's going on on the left? I mean, you had Newsom that was asked if he wanted to run for president, and he made some answer like, you know, sub-zero interest in doing so, which is the biggest line of BS as he's you know running commercials in Florida and pretending that he's the president of the United States in the White House while the current occupant isn't there. I mean, just a bunch of oddities with him. I mean, what, what what's going on right now over there? 
Well, yeah, Newsom, that, that to me is, shows the actual lunacy of the left, and not to get too, too ultra MAGA when I'm the second time I said that, but it, this is a guy that literally looks good on a television screen, and he's a halfway decent order, but he is one of the worst in the history of American politics in terms of policy and actually running a state, yet he might be the pick or the darling of the, of the leftist ideology, and that shows the fact that they really have nothing uh, at their back right now. They've got nothing to actually give the DNC any kind of credibility on a national level. But I, I do think, going back to Maryland, to see kind of where the Democratic Party is, the reason why they think they're going to be able to flip that state from the governor's race is because they already think that Dan Smith, and from a state that is blue, the Trump crowd and the uh, uh, against mandate group and the pro first amendment second amendment they will probably lose on a on a on a statewide level whereas schultz a rhino might actually have a better chance so i think they're already predicting this trumpian wave to pass through meanwhile looking at what they've got on their side which from a presidential level when newsom is your potential top pick it's kind of scary so they're going to have to win in whatever way they can from a mainstream level, mainstream media level, and state by state to try to regain any kind of control they have. Talking with Anthony Russo, political analyst and the host of the Truth Will Set You Free podcast. Anthony, Congress, right about now, even the left admits, yeah, the House is probably a foregone conclusion, but the Senate, you've even seen some on the left suggest that they're optimistic about their chances of of hanging on to it thinking and you hear this time and again that you have weak candidates specifically in pennsylvania in georgia and some have suggested in ohio as well what's what's your view of the senate right now i don't i don't even think it's a candidate issue i think it's going to be a it's going to be a policy it's going to be a policy question based on how it's uh presented to the american people and this is again going back to maryland why I think this is interesting. It's not even about Trump and it's not about Larry Hogan. One of the big differences between these two candidates, which I think is going to be big on the ballot uh, come November, is how much of a role, where, where does the economy and where does the pro-life and pro-choice discussion stack? Kelly Schultz uh, um, is a pro, essentially a pro-choice Republican. She wants to keep the abortion rights the same in Maryland, whereas Dan Cox, is big on switching everything to to no abortion and et cetera. So I think that that is what's going to determine a lot in November. Will the red wave? And I've been talking about this for a long for a while now. Will the red wave be stalled a bit? Not by the fact that Roe versus Wade was overturned, but by the way the media is manipulating it into taking away uh, civil liberties and rights. So that to me is going to be a bigger question than just the quote unquote weaknesses that you see a little bit in Ohio. Uh, and in Pennsylvania. I think that's that really is going to be what's on the ballot. Is it going to be the economy, which is the truth and what affects American people the most? Or is it going to be the way that they build up this, you'll never be able to have control of your body ever again? And I think that's the big question. Anthony Russo, appreciate it. Talk to you again. Take it easy. Have a great day. You as well. All right, let's take a look at some of the news from around the state that impacts you. Uh, every time you go by the pump, you're probably noticing yeah, it's a little bit better. And uh, you know, still, nobody's going to celebrate uh, the, the prices where they are right now. But we are off another $0.03 cents per gallon statewide. Average price across the state, four twenty three per gallon today. In southeast Florida, our price is ranging from four thirty four in Miami-Dade to four forty eight in the Palm Beaches. Since peaking at four ninety eight per gallon in mid-June, 
Florida's gas prices have declined by the most and at the fastest rate of any state in the country. So there is that. And just kind of on, you know, personal note, my car takes premium and it's been months. I mean, easily over two, maybe three. I kind of forget and all runs together anymore. But uh, yesterday was the first day in, in months that uh, I was able to get premium below five bucks a gallon. Happened to be four ninety eight. So there's that. Uh, COVID cases. This was better news yesterday. COVID cases declined significantly. We had just over 7,600 new cases reported yesterday, and that brought Florida's weekly trend for daily cases back below 11,000, placing us roughly in line with where we were about a week ago at this point. And so that's encouraging because, you know, maybe... Maybe that's going to be the peak of the trend, which was just a shade over 11,000 rather than bumping a, you know, some of these high points we've seen north of 20 or 30 or whatever. That'd be great if that were the case. Despite Florida's recently enacted reforms aimed at curbing legal abuses of Florida's property insurance market, you know, we got a new report yesterday that uh, showed, holy cow, the situation getting a lot worse in real time. The uh, new data showed litigation against Florida's property insurers increased to a new record last month again, another 5.3% increase increase in new lawsuits over May. You have some industry analysts that believe there's been a rush of new litigation against Florida's property insurers before reforms kick in. And we already, of course, have lost four Florida property insurers this year, and we've had a tripling of policies with Florida's insurer of last resort citizens in just the last two years as this crisis has taken on speed. And uh, yeah, one more for you real quick. New Bloomberg analysis shows Florida having experienced the largest gain in net wealth through migration over the past decade. I thought that was kind of cool because we know that Texas, just in terms of sheer people, gained the most of any state. And Texas, like Florida, they don't have a state income tax either. But for the people we did have coming here, they brought more money with them than the aggregate of those that went to Texas. And in fact, in the Bloomberg analysis, the average migrating family to our state over the past decade has been upper middle class, which also gives you an idea about how been able to digest the affordability concerns that many locals have had as prices have, have risen along with demand. All right, you're listening to the Brian Mudd Show. He's Radio 610 WIOD. Weather update.